We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com. With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to Cars.com. It's magical. Pew, 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 pew. Welcome to Mavs Moneyball After Dark. The Dallas Mavericks just fell in overtime to the Oklahoma City Thunder, 117-111. to 111. This is Kirk Henderson and Josh Bowe, and boy, gosh almighty, do the Mavericks suck. How are you, Josh? I'm doing pretty good, but Kirk, the, the Mavericks are a good team. Deal with yeah, it. Yeah, deal with it. <laughs> um, man, that was, I don't know, that... Like a sum of all fears kind of loss. You're fired up, so I kind of want to see the That's the worst loss of the Luka Doncic era. I think I agree. Because the only, well, the only other, I think, contender is when they blew that 30-point lead in Toronto. But Luka didn't play in that game. No, that was just so. like, that That game sucked, though. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't even know how to describe yeah. this game. Because the, the Oklahoma City Thunder are a gutsy talent strip team because some of their best players are hurt and they came into this game and they made it an absolute slugfest. The referees in this game were dog shit. Ed Malloy eat a dick, (laughs) but that was not why the Mavericks lost the game. The Mavericks played a grinded out game. Luca and everybody else complained. They did. They whined about non calls. They were right, but it, it was a thing that happened. Uh, Head coach and chief, uh, I mean, he's got the best seats in the house for this game. Head coach Jason Kidd just does a great job watching the absolute shit out of the Mavericks. I mean, he watches them with such intensity and just does such a great job watching that it's a real shock to me when he when he attempts to coach. Um, and so the, the short of it is the Mavericks finally got up in the fourth quarter. Finally. And that was led in no small part by third year forward, Josh Green, who it was a bench, in, bench mob lineup for sure. Just like pure energy, just energy. And the Mavericks get up by, I mean, it was double digits. Uh, 
and Luka Doncic comes they, back in the game. They were up 95 to 79 with 541 left in the fourth 16 quarter. points team and they lost it all. Luka so, Doncic and company went into prevent offense and scored how many points? Scored 4 points to in the final 541. Truly horrific. I mean, it's it's we're right around Halloween, so I, I suppose it dragged like it was a murder. Um, and and by the way, that's with Wood making a bucket with four fourteen left. So they scored two points in the final four minutes. <laughs> Jason Kidd did not call any timeouts. Ah, that's not fair. Oh, but he oh, called timeouts after work. things were too far gone. Yeah. Um, I I don't know what to do with this one. I, I really don't. Shout out to to Mavs, uh, Locked On Mavs, friend of the program, our buddy, Isaac Harris, who had the balls to tweet after the game, the Mavericks are 0-1 without JaVale McGee. <laughs> that was good. That was so good. Because he's so glad he did that. He, he's been a big JaVale McGee guy. He he had uh, he he said on record that he thinks JaVale McGee will be one of the best signings by the middle of the season, which uh, I disagree with that, but great tweet. Um I, I, yeah, the Mavericks, a, the Mavericks tip game. off. They tip <laughs> off in seventeen hours. They play again. Yeah, third third game in four nights. Second night of back to back. I, so. I am very frustrated with Luca because I thought Luca got hammered, but also let it affect. Like Lou Dort got in his skull and lived there. And Luca shot eight of twenty three, I think, for the game. Yep. I'm, and Lou Dort is no small reason why. Now, Lucas shot 19 free throws, so he definitely earned some of his points. 31 points, 16 rebounds, 10 assists. But his his insi- like he let the physicality affect how he played because he didn't get back, etc. Um, I am I am so frustrated by this loss. It is the Mavericks, they're gonna say they should be five and oh. Well, guys, yeah. you're not, you're two and three. Win a basketball game. They're technically the fourth fourth worst team in the Western Conference right now. I'm looking at the standings. Again, five games in, two and three. But, yeah, um, (laughs) I think what sucked is – I mean, there are a thousand things that suck. Um, I don't have OKC's two-point percentage tonight, but they went five of 25 from three. That's 20%. They still finished the game. A, sh- a hair under 50% from the floor. So I'm guessing they made a significant amount of their two pointers. And honestly, like while we've been talking about the offense, and like things are looking weird and there's no Jalen yeah, defense was abhorrent. And, and that's been a theme for almost all these losses. Right. And even some of the win, like, you know, the Nets game, that was a game that should have been over and shouldn't have gone to OT. And the Nets kind of made this crazy rally, uh, uh, kind of made a crazy rally in the second half. You know, this is happening again in this game. It happened in the New Orleans game where they gave up a 40-point first quarter. Like, uh, the defense in the last five minutes was was non-existent. I mean, it was just – it was SGA being incredible and getting wherever he wanted, which, you know, he's one to do. He's a really, really, really good player. But also, Lou Dort got, was blown by Luka routinely in the fourth quarter in overtime. I know Luka had a really nice strip on him, but, like, that was definitely like Luca's defense was horrible. And I think it's not, you know, it's not hard to connect the dots when he's playing a rough offensive game where he's getting absolutely hammered every time down the floor. Like that definitely bled into his his uh defensive performance. But 
yeah, there wasn't really much else there uh, defensively down the stretch. And Lord Almighty, Jason Kidd, I'm not. I just think we're a year. Like I don't care. I'm just going to say this now. Maybe they turn it around, man. Maybe they turn it around. They'll turn it around. But I don't feel bad about our Jason Kidd takes from last year. Is what I'll say. No, that's fair. I mean, I'm I'm kind of getting sick of like the not calling of timeouts. The the you know. Can he Hands get te- in his pockets, standing there, horse shit. Do get a, something. Get a technical foul when your superstar is, is getting beat over, beat over the head with a a bag full of soap. Like that's what it kind of felt like watching Luca. But also, like, like Luca's uh, gonna get hurt. Yeah. When when we talk about like sustainability with his usage, it's these types of games where it's like, man, this is like not ideal for him to play forty minutes. Get his get you know, go through a blender, a meat grinder uh, in terms of a game where he's just getting hacked and and, and hit every single possession uh, and then you lose. But one thing I noted, uh, one thing I want to get in is I think everyone should say goodbye to their hopes and dreams of Christian Wood uh, starting or finishing games at the five as the low. Oh yeah. That that felt like a kid. That felt like a kid statement. Yeah. Well, guess what was the lineup? Those final five minutes and 41 seconds when the Mavericks absolutely collapsed. It was the theoretical dream lineup we've all wanted of Luca, Dinwiddie, Bullock, Dorian, and Christian Wood. And Kid made no substitutions, made no adjustments, even when it was very obvious that that it was something was it was not working. Like they were that game was very much slipping away. And it didn't sneak up on him. Like OKC, like that run was pretty consistent in terms of how, like it wasn't like they just made like a ton of threes in the final minute. Like they were consistently whittling that lead down very quickly and he made no changes. And it like, I know, I don't know this. I hope this isn't true, but like my conspiracy theory theory take is like, he just was like, okay, you wanted to, you wanted to see this? Well, here it is. And look, oh, look, it did terribly. Now he's got justification for never going to this lineup for, for the considerable future or making another change. Like I know I want to believe that that's not what happened because I don't want to. Well, no, because here's the thing. Here's the thing. He's acted like, like Jason Kidd is why JaVale McGee is on this team. We have to stop pussyfooting around this. He wanted JaVale McGee on the team. So JaVale McGee is on the team. He is acting like he had no part in Christian Wood being on the team. And all his comments and declarations to this date have been like, well, we'll see. Like a whole bunch of like passive aggression and stuff. Let me let me be honest. Wood has, has was not a good defender tonight. But no. I would rather Wood fail and then figure it out than them do. Instead, I think you're right. They're going to put Wood in the phantom zone and he's going to be pissed. Like I'm not seeing the quotes because we don't we we do this live show during post like we're not you should probably go to media stuff but I make you do these press I make you do these podcasts and Wood is basically tossing kid under the bus in the post in the post game pressers um and like that sort of stuff doesn't go away it just doesn't well look at this Tim McMahon Jason Kidd made a point to mention that the Mavs tried a different closing lineup down this clutch meltdown versus Thunder. Mm-hmm. We left Seawood out there with that group, and it didn't go well on either end, Kid said. So, like, good luck. Good like, luck. What are we this, doing here? This is Nerland's Noel part two. Like, it's what the same are we exact doing vibes. here? I am not interested in this. I, I am so mad. I don't know what to do with this because for years we have been told that our base assumptions, you, me, Mavs, Moneyball, 
our base assumptions on team building are wrong, that we get upset about the wrong things. Yet, I am the one who wanted Luka Doncic before anybody in Mavs media knew who he was. Basketball is not as complicated as these people act like. And I get that there's contract difficulties. I get that there's things in play that are well beyond the simplistic. But what are... There's the difference between this being a year where the Mavericks take their medicine and this being the year where through five games, they have made so many weird mistakes that the team is two and three. Now, I say all this, hopefully in a week or a month, my stupid rambling will be just that stupid rambling. And if we go on precedent, it's because this is apparently what the the Luka Doncic Mavericks do. They don't start seasons well, and then they win every single game from January 1st. That's correct. So hopefully I'm an idiot. (laughs) I much prefer being an idiot, like just to be clear about that. (laughs) But this sort of stuff drives me nuts where it's just like, how can we be having passive aggression takes through game five? Yeah. Like JaVale McGee didn't play because JaVale McGee sucks. He's played 50 minutes this season. What are we doing? Yeah, Rest. I don't like that. That kid quote is just like, we're just asking for it, well, right? It's like, the same. It is the stuff that we talked about before he was hired. And everybody yeah. told us, oh, he's a changed man. Nope. Do Have I changed in five years of doing this? <laughs> or in nine years of, you know, we are who we are. We can learn. We can improve. But at the end of the day, I'm a lunatic. You're the rational guy. You know, Doyle is the cynic. Like, kid is the coach who's going to throw bombs. It's what made him a great player. Yeah. He's, and he's it's, feisty. It's, it's, this stuff drives me nuts. And the, the Wood thing is just tough because, like, like it or not, he's – you've got two players on your roster that can dribble, and Wood probably counts as, the like, the third. Like, you just look at the way this team's constructed and, like – I'm sorry if you don't like Christian Wood. He has, like, (laughs) they have to figure it out. Like, if they want to be a good team, they have to figure it out. They didn't make any changes to, like, if you, if Wood isn't part of the equation in terms of trying to get him and Kid and get them on the same page and make sure that they're maximizing his talent to the best of of the team's abilities and his abilities, the team isn't any, the team. It's the team from last year minus Brunson plus JaVale McGee. Like, that's it. And, yep. like, that that doesn't work. I don't care if that team went to the Western Conference Finals. Like, we've seen it just – and Kid even said it in pregame where he's like, that was a different team. This is a new team. Like, it's just – you can't just run it back losing your second best player and adding, like, a player like McGee who's really not going to make it. Like, they're going to look worse at times. And they yep. looked pretty bad. And the funny thing about like they could be five and zero, oh, they could be zero oh and five. Um, like that Brooklyn win is looking less and less impressive by the minute. If you've been paying attention to anything the Brooklyn Nets have been doing this season, they're one and five. By the way, they just got waxed at uh, by the Indiana Pacers, who are trying to lose as many games as possible. And then their other win is while well, a really impressive forty point win against Memphis. Like that Memphis team was right. on third game in four nights and missing two starters. So like. If they can't put away Brooklyn without needing OT, if they can't beat the Pelicans without three starters, if they can't beat the Thunder, who were missing Josh Giddy, by the way, you know, in addition to like some of the other stuff that's going on with that team with, you know, no Chet, like yep. where, I mean, we know where the wins are going to come from because it's going to come from like the team doing this thing where they just kind of 
flip a switch and they decide, oh, let's start taking this like for real. And guys that start the season cold start hitting shots like Dorian. I think we I, we talked about in Slack is a career twenty eight percent three point shooter in October, and then in like January he's like forty percent. So like like some of that's going to factor into it. But like looking at the schedule, it's getting difficult for me to predict when they're going to pull themselves out of this funk because they really haven't played the hardest schedule. Nope. You know, like you know, I, Phoenix is good, New Orleans is good, but. New Orleans wasn't at full strength. I, I don't know. Like, it's just, I don't feel good about the two. Like, the two wins aren't necessarily, like, you know, I can't go back and look at those and be like, ah, okay, those are alleviating my concerns a little bit. Like, just look at what they did in those two games. And it's just like, I don't know, those two games look more like the outlier out of these five, you know? Because the, yeah. the three losses are following the same pattern, right? It's yep. just this kind of bad defense. And then offense, when it matters most, seems to be – questionable at best and the only reason i can think of for them to pull themselves out of is just like we said the precedent they just seem when january 1st hits the calendar they just seem to flip a switch and guys that are missing shots start making them and you know luca's in better shape although he's started the season in better shape so i don't know this was i mean this was (laughs) this one was really really bad and i know the thunder beat the clippers twice but i also think that there's some things going on like i don't know how good the clippers are um gonna be this season i think they i think they've got some serious team issues but now we're talking about another team so i don't know it's just it'd be one thing if like they were losing these games but like the wood thing is what hangs over this right like it'd be one thing if this it was the same group and they were just losing these close games they need to figure it out but like the fact that they're losing these games and they've also got this really bad potential locker room mess off court mess well it's a self-made that sucks it's a self-made mess they traded for wood this is advertiser content brought to you by frito-lay hello i'm chip murphy here to get you ready for the big tournament tonight we'll break down we break down who will be cutting cut what are you two doing sorry chip Prez here got his feathers ruffled when I told him Ruffles has zero chance of winning the title. And I was letting Dip know that she is not taking into account Ruffles' iconic ridges. Guys, it's March. We have to start talking about the tournament. We are. It is the 2023 Frito-Lay Snack-It. We're talking about big-time matchups between Cheetos, Smart Food, Lay's, Sun Chips, and more. Just head to the Frito-Lay Snack Bracket and vote for your favorite chip, pretzel, or dip for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. This sounds great. Keep up the good work. Just go to Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends 4-3-2023. Void where prohibited. Here's worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. They traded for wood. You make it happen with wood. This this stuff where Kid acts like he's a bystander is driving me fucking crazy. Like, yeah. these post-game quotes suck. <laughs> yeah, like, I mean... I, you know, and 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 it's like, look, he he coached a hell of a season last year. He did, he did. But him and Nico Harrison are a package deal. They do things together. This is not like Donnie Nelson, who sort of lived 
and died by the seat of his own decisions with it doesn't sound like a hell of a lot of oversight. Kid and Harrison make things happen together. So they made a gamble for Wood of which Kid was a part. He's not allowed to wash his hands of this and acts like this is not my fault, which is sort of what he's done. So here's the thing. Wood's good. And I'm not that interested in, you know, JaVale McGee was a terrible signing. I'm fine with saying that. Okay. It was pointed out to me that when Kid was coaching the Milwaukee Bucks heading into the second year, they gave a, uh, they gave a four-year deal to a particular forward who was out of the rotation within six weeks. And it was a guy that kid insisted that they have, uh, what was it? Shoot. This is going to drive. This is terrible podcasting. Um, <laughs> it was Tony Snell. They gave Tony Snell a four-year deal and it was cause kid insisted on having him. Okay. Shit happens. But in when, and it's just like, why do we act like all this stuff is just outside of their control? It's one thing for this to be a year where because the Mavericks don't have assets, this was going to be difficult. If or if Wood more, was a player that was from the previous regime that Kidd right. and, and Nico had right. inherited. But they didn't. And if, if, if Wood is, um, you know, like if, if we're to, to sort of forgive the, uh, the Brunson walk, which I think, I sort of think we have to, even though I don't want to i want to say that that's like that's that's just a it's a a series of circumstances like there's so many people involved that it's difficult to sort of uh to wrap my hand around you know the mavericks made a mistake is what i'll say but i don't think it was solely their mistake i think there's a lot going on there so it's like once brunson walks the the path to being a good team is very difficult um not to say it can't be because luke is amazing but things with wood have to go just right and so far they haven't. And there's just this notion, this floating around, this like this concept that the Mavericks are not entirely responsible for what went on here. And I don't get that. I just don't get it. I don't yeah. Know. And down the stretch, ah, man, I'm looking at the play-by-play because we probably should talk about like. <laughs> Lou was tremendously bad. Who, Luca? Luca, yeah. Yeah, Luke, yeah. I mean, that's part. And again, Remember when I talked about the first quarter in that New Orleans game, and it's like, if you're the leader, you you get you know you get put up on people's shoulders when you accomplish great success, but when you when the team struggles, like that's part of the thing. Like he's got a two hundred million dollar contract, like he can take a little criticism. It's not going to be the end of the world. He's obviously one of the best freaking players in the league, and when we criticize him, we're not like ah oh, trade him or like or us doing these little criticisms aren't going to be the reason. Like if something bad happens down in the future, you know, like he's a big boy. It's not a big deal. He doesn't even listen to this crap anyway. So who cares? Um, but like, I just feel like it's not out of bounds to talk about this stuff. Like when he's the guy, you know, we did yeah. this when Dirk was here too. Like you oh, set yeah. the tone as the leader, you set the tone. And when he came back into the game, like the bench had that lineup had one level of juice. And then he came back into the game and things just kind of dried up. And Part of me was kind of, I think I said in Slack, I was like, don't put Luca back into the game. And I think people, our, our writers in Slack were like, what, what? Like, are you mad at Luca? And I'm like, no, not nothing against Luca, but this lineup's feeling it. Like, let them ride this out. They've got a double digit lead. You're playing tomorrow. Give Luca as much rest as possible. Why don't you push this bench line, lineup that's killing it 
and you know they're up 16 you can afford a couple of possessions to see if the thunder get it back down to 10 uh or 10 or below and then you could put yeah. like there was still enough time to where i think they could have pushed that lineup a little longer and seen if they closed the game out without with giving luca a really nice fourth quarter rest so that he could hopefully you know be as ref, you know be let, as let let josh green play we i'm so annoyed that I'm was so mean best to Josh Green in years. Right? I'm so mean to Josh Green every damn game, and I don't get a chance to talk about how he played the best basketball I've seen him play in a real game, other than the playoff stuff. Yeah. And it's all because he's overly committed to these rotations for no reason. The Mavericks played basketball in, let's see here, 18 hours. What is the harm of letting the guy who's 21 play basketball more? Right. What is and the harm? They built a 16-point lead. I don't know if he was worried. I, I don't know how I, – I don't have the stats. I don't know if that lineup was on the floor too long and he was worried that those guys were going to get tired. Uh, they didn't look tired to me. Um, and, man, it, yeah, it just – like that was a night to just be like, man, let's just let it ride and let's just see what ha- – like it'd be one thing if that bench lineup had pushed it to like a four-point lead or – like they pushed it to a 16-point lead with five minutes left. I think you can give that line, that group a chance to maybe close it out so you can save your starters for tomorrow or save your big guns for tomorrow, namely Luca. So that that was frustrating. It just I, I would have I'm not saying it would have worked, but yeah. I don't see the harm in going another minute, another two minutes, and seeing if you can just steal some time for Luca to rest and stay on the bench and maybe put a team away and not need to play your superstar 40 minutes. And then he played 40 minutes anyway and they lost. Um, I want to say another thing about Wood and, you know, he was on the floor for the collapse. So like he definitely had his hand in it. And I don't think he played a very strong defensive game. He had a good block, but uh, I didn't like some of his rotations. It was kind of the stuff that we talked about before he came to Dallas. Um, but he had 10 shots tonight and he was five of 10. He didn't make his threes, but he looked really good inside the arc. And in that bench mob run, he had a couple of nice buckets um, attacking you know, weaker OKC defender. OKC had no one that could guard him because their big man rotate. Like they don't have any big men. Like, like they start, they start Poku for goodness sakes, who's a 190 pounds soaking wet. Like they don't, and then they don't play any real. You know, Mike Muscala is their backup center. Like what? Like, well, I was dumbfounded that when Luca came back into the game and they were trying to close it out, Wood had one. He made that bucket. Uh, with 414 left, he made a two pointer. It was a really nice uh, move yeah. for him to get to the rim. And it, I think he was kind of contested, but he finished through contact. After that, he had one three point shot with 244 left, and that's it. And I'm like, that's why you brought him here. Like, if if you're worried about him closing on the defensive end, which is fair, if you're going to let him close, why aren't you spamming pick and rolls with him? Why aren't you getting him matched up with these weak these OKC defenders that could not guard him uh, inside the three point line? And, and like, I just that's the part where I'm just like, you gotta make if you want to make this work, you gotta um, utilize these guys to their full potential. If Wood is going to close games, him getting one shot in the final four minutes of a clutch game is a misuse of him, right? Because yep. what is his skill set? Getting buckets, scoring efficiently. Yep. How much of that is on Luca? I think that's more. I think a lot yeah, of that's that, on Luca. Yeah, that could be on Luca for sure. He's the point like, guard. Pass man the ball. Don't dribble for 20, 22 seconds of a possession. Yeah. And if we're led to believe that kid is kind of like lets these guys 
play through things and you know isn't necessarily you know he's like the anti-rick in terms of like calling sets from the sideline uh absolutely that luca deserves some blame on that but then that goes back to like kid kind of throwing wood under the bus when it's like well the dude didn't get any he's a big man he can't walk the ball up the floor and get his own shot you have to run sets you have to run plays you have to you have to give him the ball in decent position um And they didn't do that. That was a shame. I can't believe he only had one shot in the final four minutes with how he was looking in the second half, scoring the ball. Well, I find myself just disgusted. I'm going to have to go edit this podcast and take some things out because I'm just so frustrated. (laughs) I'm just so frustrated. Like these, I don't know. I, I, I find myself, I think it's okay to be skeptical. Okay. And you and I get a ton of grief for bringing up valid things. And when these things become true, I can't figure out if I'm more angry because I'm right or we were right, or if I'm angry because we were told we were stupid. And you're like you're right to bring up the fact that like over the past two seasons, the Mavericks have just like cooked with gas after a certain point and mm-hmm. they've been fine. And maybe that'll be the case this year, but I have, I, I live in a perpetual state of, Oh no, because when you get the superstar, your path to becoming a good team does not become easier. It becomes harder. And outside of really the Reggie Bullock signing, there's not that much that has bounced the Mavericks way since 20, you know, they drafted Luca, they drafted Brunson. And then so many decisions that they've made haven't panned out. Yeah. Every 2019 offseason signing is no longer on the team. Uh, the 2020 draft was a disaster. Josh Green aside, I like, 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 even if you're happy about Green, I'm sorry. He's he's the worst available choice out of the guys that were around him. It just Tyrese Maxey just scored yeah. forty four points in a game. Like we just we can't like I'm not <laughs> interested in those conversations from other people. Oh, he could be no, he can't. It, it'll be or even if he is, he's not going to be what not for like five years, right? He's not going to be a guy that scores thirty five points like Desmond Bain just did or Maxey can do. Like, you know, yeah, and so it's just it's really painful. It's really difficult for me. Um, but then it's like we're having these soliloquies five games into the season. Right. So hopefully we're just fucking stupid. I prefer yeah. like I prefer you are, like that's uh, the thing I love about you. You openly are like, come on, I don't care. Like, like it's, it's so much better. Like that's the thing people have to understand. It is legitimately better for you and me if the team is good and yeah. we're wrong. The we data, get more page views, we get more downloads. People want to talk to us about this stuff. No this podcast will get like forty percent of what the normal ones get because no, everyone's just gonna want to run away from yeah, no one wants to read about losses. They're not fun. Losses aren't fun. Some stuff out. This was a bad loss. <laughs> and... Oh, man. All right, guys. We're going to be back tomorrow night and really in like like 15 hours and have another one. I'm going to go po- host a post-game show, and we'll see how it goes. And come to MavsMoneyBall.com. We'll have all the content. We'll talk to you when we talk to you. This has been Kirk Henderson and Josh Bo. Thanks so much for hanging out during our event session, and we will be back soon. 
Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.